This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I love some of you. I love the fact that some of you listen, um, especially old-time Washingtonians. I just mentioned third edition and a couple of bartenders, and now everybody's like, how did you miss out on... Of course, Pete Haley. Uh, Pete was the best. God rest his soul. Um, such a great guy. And yes, an all-time third edition bartender. Pete was phenomenal um, as an older person in life, working with young people and coaching young people. Um, and yes, Mary, I do, I do know and I do remember one Alan Carroll. Uh, AC, if you're listening, and he does... Sorry for not mentioning you as one of the great third edition bartenders of all time. All right, 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. I got a tweet this, right before the show that I read at the beginning. Kevin, I'm 32. It came from Gary. I've never rooted for a Washington team that had a chance to get to this weekend, a Super Bowl. What was it like? So I spent... 10, 12 minutes talking about what it was like. Look, the highlights for me is that it was the number one unifier this city has ever had. Uh, a city that can be so divided politically, um, so pretentiously uh, politically divided at times. And yet it didn't matter where you lived, what you did, uh, what your religion or race was. It unified everybody in this town. And yeah, Somebody pointed this out before, and I agree. Washington back then was a big, small town. You know, it was big geographically. It was big population-wise, but it felt very parochial. It felt, it felt very small. You know, I've always pushed back on this notion that this D.C. is only about its transients. There are a lot of us, a lot of us, and a lot of you that listen, that are born and raised here, or have at least lived the majority, the significant majority of your life here. And it's a great city, and it's a different city now than it ever was. But back then, it was the number one unifier. This town was beyond passionate. It was obsessed with the football team. But I think really more than anything else, there was this expectation 
that every single season you were going to be good. And it was just a matter of level of good. You know, were you going to be 10 wins and, you know, playoffs, but maybe not a Super Bowl contender? Or was this a team that could actually win it all? You know, and the only other observation I made was I do think there was a taking for granted situation as it went on. And imagine that taking winning for granted. That's the position we were in, you know, assuming that they would win uh, because they did. They delivered every single year, even in non-playoff seasons. They were 10 and six on two different occasions. But um, to me, what it what it resulted in was a lessening of kind of the bloodthirst hunger that comes with the first time or when it's been a long time. And I don't know what it'll be like if the team ever becomes a sustainable winner and is in contention for this particular weekend of the year. I think it's a different city. I think the reaction will be different. I think there are a lot of people in town that couldn't care less. We're a larger population. We're a more sophisticated population than we've ever been. But anyway, let's get back to the phone lines. I want to hear what you think. Sam Monson will join us from Vegas at 1135. Sam, of course, with PFF. Ben Standing at 12. We've got Super Bowl trivia to talk about. Smell test, a lot more on the show today. But Ben from Iowa has been on hold for a while. Ben, thanks. Go ahead. Hey, Kevin. How are you, man? I'm well. Um, So, yeah, I'm 42 years old, and my first recollection of the Skins was the 88 Super Bowl. They were down 10-0 to the Broncos, and I remember I was ecstatic when they won, you know, ended up winning 42-10. to Turns out that's the reason why I love them, and that was kind of the, the heart of the glory days. And when I was Were you living old, in town, or you, were you, are you just from no, Iowa? No, I – northwest Iowa is where I grew up, but I have family in D.C. that moved out there to – work uh in media for cbs yeah. so uh, yeah and then the, when i was 10 years old uh they blew out the bills and i remember i bawled my eyes out in just tears of joy and when you're young when you're that age and anything that's good in life you just think that's going to last forever and yeah. i remember two years after that i was 12 we went up to visit in dc and i remember i was whining that i had to go visit and tour the monuments so my aunt brought me to Carlisle, Pennsylvania. They had connections with Frank Herzog at the time. Mm-hmm. So I got to be part of the team. Norv Turner was uh, the coach then. They just drafted Heath Schuler. Supposed to be a big deal. But that little did we know that was the beginning, beginning of the end. And it hasn't been the same since. But when you're 10 years old and they're the greatest team, right, it feels like it's going to last forever. And at that yeah, time, that's, that's like, a... even now, I feel like – yeah. Thanks, Ben, for the call. I want to get to some others, um, but I I appreciate that. And you're right. There was there. I mean, nobody. You would have been checked into St. E's if in 1992 you said it's going to be 32 years minimum before you're a relevant franchise again. You're not going to sniff the Super Bowl for 32 years. It's 31 because the year after 91. They did get to the divisional round playoff, and they were within a whisker of upsetting San Francisco and getting to the NFC title game. But, yeah, no one would have believed it. I mean, it just – there was no chance that this wasn't going to continue. 
And by the way, I don't think we thought about things like, well, Jack Ken Cook is going to pass away at some point, and then there's going to be a new owner. I think the expectation was whenever Jack Ken Cook passes away, then John Ken Cook is going to be the owner. It's going to stay in the Cook family, which it's really a shame that it didn't. G from the shop. G's been around for a while. Tell people who weren't there for what it was like. Man, you know what it was, man. Born in D.C., raised in P.G. County, we was the standard. You know what I'm saying? We was like the Patriots, like 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 my man from Iowa just called them 42, man. I was in the backyard, recess, down the park. I was Gary Clark. You know what I'm saying? We was like that. That's why we still bring up Chaz and, and Bobby Beffer, because they was like that, man. Hall of Fame, man. When, when, when the Pro Bowl mattered, Man, I don't care if we didn't make the playoffs, man. We had many all-stars, you know what I'm saying? That's why I'm glad my man Sean Taylor is one of the main reasons the Pro Bowl done turned into an all-star pillow fight. You know what I'm saying? How you blew up that corner. That's why you got got fans in Iowa. That's why down Carolina, they ain't had no team team back then. That's why so many Redskins fans down Carolina. The police around around Forest Heights, man, used to give us – Man, Redskins trading cards. Man, them same police used to man chase us when we got older. You know what I'm saying? Lil G, Lil G, right now he's a Buffalo fan. Man, my daughter likes yeah. the Bengals. My lord, my little granddaughter Nina, man, she got so much burgundy gold gear. Man, she's a Redskins fan. My wife married me, so she ain't got no say in it. She gotta be a Redskins fan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> man, man, like man, I believe this. That's why Doc Walker is the goat. And when we do win and we do punish the Cowboys, it's a whole better feeling. When we lose to them, my whole stomach hurts. I don't want to eat nothing, man. So, man, for real, I want to see in a time that I can smoke weed, drink, liquor, and bet on the games, can I please in my lifetime be able to do all three and see the Redskins win the Super Bowl, man. I love you, Shan. Yeah, I love you too. And you know what I was just thinking? You know how much I love you. If they're ever in the position – of being able to contend like there's an actual game we can really get excited about, a playoff game, a divisional round game. and I mean, I want to be hanging out with G from the shop. Uh, Let's go to my man Rick in Laurel. Rick, tell everybody what it was like when Washington was a really good bet to play on this weekend. Good morning. Time. Can you hear me, Kevin? I got you, Rick. Hey, Hey, check this out, man. I'm here. You brought up something. <laughs> 83, when they played the uh, Raiders, and, and you know we were favored by two points in that regular season game, and we won by two points. So looking forward to that Super Bowl, I'm like, it's, it's, it, got, it can't get any better than that. And they blew us out. And I was eating chili, spoiled my appetite. But check this out. Uh, 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 back there on, what's that, Montana, and I guess W Street, they had a construction company over there. And the crane would, uh, you know, would hoist a, uh, a risk in emblem, just like the bat call. Every time, man, you knew they was going to go to the playoff. You knew they were going to go to the Super Bowl. They were the best. And we used to hang out down at, uh, 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 what is that, a nightclub called the Black Tahiti. And the I, I, wasn't, I wasn't at that one. I was in a different area of town. But tell me about it. I'm interested. Man, they were, you're talking about hands-on. We were right there. You thought I was a player. 1983, <laughs> man, we were there. It was the best. Hey, hey, hey Gary, you missing a lot. You missed, man, let me tell you something. They, they missed spoiled it. us. They spoiled us. They did. Man, the Redskins spoiled us, man. It was the best. 
the best. Where was the where was the Black Tahiti? The Black Tahiti was a nightclub off of K Street Northwest, right down there, right down there I, in the uh, 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 in the basement of one of them K Street buildings. It was the best. The Black they used to hang down there, man. I don't, they, remember, I don't remember the Black Tahiti. Yeah, the Black Tahiti. It was on K Street. It was the best. K Street Northwest, yeah. yes. Yeah, I no, think no, if no. I'm not I mistaken, mean, it was like twenty, the twenty hundred block of K Street Northwest. All right, so the down best. by the Prime Look Rail. It yeah. Look it up. It All right, the best man. Good best call. Time. Always Rick. Yes, Great call. Pete. Pete wants to weigh in. Pete, go ahead. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Kevin. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm 50 years old. I remember those years. I, I resonate. You had a caller from Richmond and that called in a while back. And I get it, going to school and being able to talk trash to Dallas fans, like, I, that's what I miss. That's what, you, that's what you don't get. It's, it's not even just about – of course it's about the Super Bowls and about the winning. But you can have a, a sustained fandom even when you're losing. And that's what we don't have anymore. We don't have that right. team that – you know, Cleveland – And we're Cleveland not a lovable loser. I've been saying this for 12 right. years. Cleveland, we're a hateable loser. loses all the time, but you better believe the dog pound is, in, is intact. And Cleveland, yes. They love their team there. Right. We don't have that anymore. And it's I because of Dan. It's because he created just a miserable, dysfunctional, exactly. embarrassing mess. Exactly. And that's, and that's the problem. We, we didn't have a team that we could still be proud of, even right. when we were in those rebuilding or losing years. Right. We lost that. I remember when Doug Williams won that Super Bowl. I still have those USA. My, my mom, I remember she, she printed out the um, USA Today articles. Because, of course, being a black family, we were proud of the fact that our team had the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I still have those articles on hardback, um, on, on hard postings that my mom scrapped for me back then. I remember I, was a, I graduated from high school. I was a freshman in college when, when, um, when that 91 team went to the Super Bowl in 92 and won that game. I remember all that stuff. I remember losing that Super Bowl to the Raiders and Marcus yeah. Allen just stomping all over us in that game. I remember that. Like, but even still, that we didn't hate our team or we didn't we, we weren't dogging out our team during the year. No, we were disappointed, but we th- still this, loved them. Yeah, I, I thanks for the call. I want to get a couple more in here. Um that that's See, there are lovable losers. There are teams and cities that don't produce sustained winning or stretches of winning or championships or even contention for championships, but they still have rabid fan bases. And ours withered away because it was just, it was a brutal one sided relationship. The behavior, forget about what we've learned in the last, you know, five, six years about the way they treated their own employees. They were, he was treating his customers that way. You know, he was making us believe that we were lucky to even have a chance to participate. The arrogance um, and the mistreatment of the fan base. I mean, he never viewed any of us as fans or customers. He viewed us as marks. We were targets. He only saw dollar signs when he looked at us. You know, and the problem was we were so for so long devoted to the team that we became very easy during those first 10 to 12 years to take advantage of. You know, the product didn't need to have, never needed to be good. As long as our memories of it being good made us write another check for tickets or for, 
you know, a jersey. You know, it was a total con job that was perpetuated on one of the most rabid fan bases of all time. And we were slow to the punch to figure it out. And that's what puts the next several years into some level of question because forever it was just get rid of Dan. But there's so much more complexity to it now, including the name. Uh, Joe in Springfield, my man, Joe's been on hold for a while. Joe, tell Gary what he missed. Hey, Kevin, what's going on? What's up? So I'll just put it this way. I was four and a half, almost five years old when they won their last Super Bowl. And I remember watching those games with my dad, who was a Giants fan, but he's from New York, so that's a good reason. But we always were watching the games together. Uh And I remember the Super Bowl week uh, when George Michael, God bless rest his soul, for News 4, was always interviewing Joe Gibbs, I think, up in Minnesota the whole week. The vibe was fantastic. And you remember when Charles Mann would always, like, you know, lead by example. The Hogs, Kevin, can you name another offensive line besides the Hogs, the people like Bostic, Jacoby, and Grimm, that would stay together for 12 years? You can't see that these days. That's how good it was, and they kept themselves together, but they never, ever bragged how good they were. They did their job. And that's how, that's, that's how the, we were during the 80s and early 90s with the glory years. You miss that now. And remember, Kevin, this was pre-social media. Can you imagine how the Hogs would have been now on social media? It would have been crazy. I mean, it been a good way. Imagine and Joe Theismann on, on social media. I've mentioned that to him before, and he has a great sense of humor yeah. about it. He laughs. He goes, I would have been yeah. just awful on social media. But no, no, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, by the way, what's interesting is we, we talk often about the three quarterbacks for Gibbs in the three different Super Bowls. The Hogs didn't stay the same for 10 years. You know, you had Fred Dean and you had Mark May and 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 Stark, but then you ultimately had, I think, maybe the most gifted offensive lineman in franchise history other than Trent in Jim Lachey nailing down that left side. You know, guys like R.C. Thielman became significant along that offensive line. But that's the brilliance of Gibbs. Um, it wasn't, you know, the, the, the brand of, of football was smart. It was tough. It was adapt to whatever you have, especially in offense. And look, we've had this, these conversations, and I, I failed to mention, and, and it's a big failure. Richie Pettibone was a massive part of that stretch. He was a brilliant defensive coordinator. So smart and fit into this, my God, these guys just from an X's and O's standpoint, they just scheme it up better and outsmart everybody. Let's go to uh, Sing. Sing, go ahead. Hey, Kevin, uh, long-time listener. Um, yeah, I grew up in uh, Tenley Town, and I, got, I want to tell you two stories that just are, are part of my life. Um, Windsor the, McKay's? The first time I went to RFK, I think you can look it up. I think – sorry? I said Windsor McKay's. That was a hell Again? of a bar in Tenley for a while in the 80s during their run. But go ahead. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. So uh, the first time I went to RFK, was, I think it was 89, and um, our neighbor was a season ticket holder. Uh, he couldn't go to the game for some reason, so he, he dropped him off at our house. And my brother and I, we just lost our minds. We had never gone to a game before because he just couldn't get a ticket. And uh, we went to RFK, and they blew out the Cardinals. I remember 31 zip. The stadium was just so loud. And I, as I was in, like, eighth grade, and the, the environment was just ecstatic. It was just something I'd never experienced before in my life. 
I take you to another an, another part of my life in, in, with the Redskins is that won the Super Bowl in 91. We went down to Georgetown from Tellytown. We went straight down to Georgetown, and that place was nuts. Like, yeah. we're running through the streets, on the sidewalks. The cops couldn't even control the crowd. And it was just, again, something I've never experienced before then through any, any sporting event. And yeah, I'm no. not sure if we'll ever ever yeah. see days like that again. No, I, I I did the Tenley stretch down to Georgetown many times during those years too, and it was awesome. And no matter what bar you went into, when it was football season and there was a, it was a Saturday night and there was a game the next Sunday, there was a lot of conversation about the next day. And yeah, um, somebody just mentioned uh, they just said. Sheehan, your, your your best line was comparing the arrival of the Snyders as like Chevy Chase and the Griswolds coming to town. But that's really what it was. We went from smart, classy, um, just, you know, doing it the right way to arrogant, dense, um, and it was. It was like, you know, they rolled in in the Chevy Chase, you know, uh, what's his face who played um, his brother-in-law or his cousin um, in Christmas Vacation? I'm blanking right now. Uh, showed up in the RV. Anyway, uh, that's what happened. Um, we went from pure class to pure and utter uh, low class. And that's why, you know, you could have dealt with a loser. It's hard to deal with the people. Uh, that you had for all those years. Anyway, uh, that was a memory lane segment. We haven't done many of those in recent weeks, I don't think. Let's get to some football, including Super Bowl uh, football. Sam Monson's going to join us at 1135, but when we come back, we'll do a quick news segment, and there is something that Denton wants to share with me, which he just told me a few minutes ago, uh, about our football team. He'll do that next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980, theteam980.com. We're free and live on the Odyssey app. By the way, Window Nation right now offering you an absolute deal that you've got to, con- you've got to consider if you're thinking about new windows. They're going to give you all of the windows that you purchase, no matter what window style, at half price, 50% off. And then you don't have to make any payments, you don't have to put any money down, and you won't get charged any interest for 24 months. It's time to fight the coming February cold, not this weekend, uh, but next week and beyond with new Window Nation windows. If your windows are older, you're paying too much in heating bills, your home doesn't look as good, if you and your spouse, if you and your roommates, if just you uh, have been thinking about new windows, just give Window Nation a call and get a free estimate. 866-90-NATION, windownation.com. They'll give you a free estimate. If you don't like it, go get them from somewhere else. But get an estimate. Deal with these people. They're the absolute best. They've got all the experience. They've got all the patience. They're going to also not be so patient when they install your windows because they can get it done in a day or less. 50% off, zero money down, zero payments, and zero interest for two full years. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hitting the news you might have missed, it's Denton's Daily News. All right, Denton, what do you got news-wise? All right, are you familiar with that Twitter account, uh, Burgundy Blog? I am familiar with Burgundy Blog. I mean, um, yeah, why? So they tweeted, it was very short and very sweet. Uh, they tweeted yesterday, Mitch Rails does not like the current name of the team. What What is the tw- What's the tweet? Mitchell Rails? Oh, the, uh, Mitchell Rails what? He does not like the uh, the name Commanders. The current tweet. Yesterday I learned that Mitchell Rails hates the name. Short and sweet. Uh, hold on, I'm just pulling up his blog, his uh, Twitter account. Yesterday I learned that Mitchell Rails hates the name. Yeah, so, um, I know this is not a group. This is one person, Burgundy Blog. Um, I've, you know, I know him a little bit. Uh, tends to be, you know, a guy for whatever reason who wants to be anonymous. I'm not going to question that, but he's had some stuff over the years. But let me just mention, I'm not, this isn't a backslapping exercise. I think I've been saying now since the end of July that of the 20 something owners, many of them do not like the name and want the name changed. I did not know that Mitchell Rails hates the name. I did know that several of the owners who are from here do not like the name and want it changed. So. Hate, hates the name? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me if anybody from here of a certain age hates the name. That's why I've been convinced going back to July that they are going to take this seriously, that they are going to address this somehow, some way. Again, it doesn't mean that the result will be that they change it. They may have all the marketing people, and look, this is a meticulous group. We've learned this. They are going to be thorough. They're going to probably research the hell of hell out of it. They're going to have marketing companies and branding companies come in. They're going to work with the league to see what's possible. But I don't think any I think the majority of people in that ownership group would like to see something done. It's not even important though about that as much as it's important to me, which I think I know this for a fact that they recognize that this is an issue. Again, you know, everybody, walk and chew gum at the same time. Winning is important. 
what they've just done, hiring a GM, hiring a head coach, hiring a staff, that's number one. Winning's number one. But multiple things can be done simultaneously. And if they're looking at how do we get uh, the most people back on board, winning's super important, but there's a few other things that are important, and the name is important. I think they recognize that the name's important. God, all they had to do was be at our event a week ago tonight (laughs) in Bethesda to know that it was probably the most important thing to everybody there. All right, what else do you have? Yeah, got got a huge pop. All right, in college football, Bill O'Brien is now out at Ohio State. He has taken the job as head coach at Boston College. He effectively Cliff Kingsbury'd Ohio State and is now a head coach in the ACC. So, look, Bill O'Brien is one of these guys, I think, that would be an example of sort of failing forward or failing up. And people that do that always intrigue me. I guess you could say that a little bit about Cliff Kingsbury. Because clearly it's not just the default answer from people who are just typically skeptical about anything, which is, oh, it's old boys network. No. When you're getting a head coaching job or you're getting an OC or a DC job, it's not about old boys network just handing it to your friend. Okay? It is they really believe they're capable of doing the job. I'm not going to say at the lower levels of coaching, you know, the assistant linebackers, you know, the D-line coach or whatever, there isn't some comfort level with people you know. Um, obviously, with our last coach, there was a lot of Carolina uh, in the group. But Bill O'Brien has had success. You know, he's bounced around a lot. I'm not sure anybody could have done what he did at Penn State in the fallout of Paterno in those two years. They had winning records those two years when they were essentially, you know, being banished to the hitherland of college football scholarship-wise and, you know, ineligibility-wise for bowl games, etc. They went 8-4 and 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 7-5 and in those two years. Do you realize as a head coach in Houston with guys like Osweiler and Hoyer and Tom Savage at quarterback, they won – uh, they went to the playoffs four times. Now, he did get Deshaun Watson, I think, in that final year or maybe the final two years. He won four division titles in six seasons in Houston with not a great supporting cast. I think he's been one of those guys, example-wise, that always got more out of less. You know who never liked him or his scheme was Cooley, and I always disagreed with him because if you looked at what he got out of those Houston teams that were going 9-7 and seven and 9-7 and seven and 10-6 and six and making the postseason, he got a lot out of little in those years. Uh, Boston College, he is a New England guy who, by the way, his – his, his start was really as part of the Bobby Ross-Ralph Friedgen tree. You know, he was a coach for Bobby Ross at Georgia Tech. You know, a lot of those guys, O'Leary and Godsey, and they're, they're just a, so many of them that came off the Bobby Ross staff, including Ralph Friedgen. He worked for Ralph. O- O'Brien was on Ralph's staff in College Park for two or three years. He, I don't think he was the OC, but I think he was the receivers coach or the running running backs coach. But he is a New England guy, so this is a good fit for him. I think O'Brien will be successful at Boston College. All right, what else do you have, or should we wait and get to Sam now? Yeah, we'll say my uh, my prop bets for hour number three. We'll do that next hour. Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus, next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Jumping on with us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline from Vegas, is our friend from Pro Football Focus, Sam Monson. He always does such a great job. One of the true early guys at PFF, um, and he is with us now. So I, I do want to talk Super Bowl with you, and maybe even um, some Hall of Fame uh, questions, and, and get your thoughts on on the guys that got in, and then the early list for next year. But tell me, Sam, since I haven't had you on in a while, what's your reaction to A, Adam Peters becoming the new the new general manager here in D.C., B, Dan Quinn being the head coach? Yeah, I think Adam Peters is a good hire. I think there's a couple of organizations in the NFL that are very well run, and taking staff from those organizations is probably a smart strategy um, almost always. You know, obviously there's going to, it's not going to be one-to-one. There's not going to be uh, every single person from those organizations going to be a superstar. But I think, broadly speaking, grabbing people from well-run organizations is always a pretty good hiring strategy, particularly when it comes to the front office. Um, Dan Quinn is a little more interesting. Clearly, he wasn't their first choice, maybe not even their second choice. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad hire. And, you know, he had some success his first time around as a head coach. He... he Perhaps the most important thing he was able to do, though, with that uh, Falcons team was hire well. If you look at his coaching staff under him in Atlanta, it had a ton of really big name, really good um, NFL coaches. And, okay, a lot of that was because it was sort of the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, right? You brought in Kyle Shanahan as as coordinator, and you had all the guys that were in that Shanahan coaching tree under him under Dan Quinn at the same time. But if he's able to repeat that trick, if he's able to hire well and, and staff that team extremely well, he leads people, his players love playing for him. I, I don't think it's a bad hire. I, you know, it's, it's one that clearly we're going to need to see play out because of the way the first time around went for him. Um, but even though it's, it's a, maybe a third choice, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad one. There's definitely a chance that he ends up being a, a big upgrade for him. 
Well, at least you didn't go totally hyperbolic and talk about him as a seventh or an eighth choice or, you know, a Jim Zorn type of hire because they couldn't hire anybody else. I, I would I would tell you that I don't think he was any worse than the second choice. He was very high on their list from the beginning. But right. that, you know, that story's gotten old here over the last couple of days. The first move he made staff-wise was to hire, which we knew when – they hired Dan Quinn, a defensive head coach, that the OC was going to be critical. What do you make of the hiring of Cliff Kingsbury? Yeah, this is where I start to get a little bit worried. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury, um, he runs an interesting offense. Obviously, when he was hired as the head coach in Arizona, he was going to bring this true college air raid system to the NFL, and he very quickly abandoned that, at least yes, in he terms did. of the, the pure aspect of it. You know, the 10 personnel stuff. That lasted less than a month. Um, a lot of the elements of that offense were modified very heavily, very quickly. But he did still stick to some of the key tenets that he thought were um, important parts of that offense. And I don't think they were necessarily good ones. Um, he didn't move his receivers around at all. New Hopkins would basically line up at left wide receiver every single play. Because in Kingsbury's eyes, there's value to knowing where everybody's going to be every single snap. They don't have to think about it. They can just line up, go fast, and execute. Um, I don't think that works against NFL defenses. I think they're too good. I think they're too smart. You can't sort of steal an edge on them the way you can in college simply by being quick and lining up fast. They're, they're too good at that. You need to create matchup uh, mismatches in your favor. You need to move your best players around, get them favorable looks, get them free releases, all those kinds of things, and he doesn't. So it's going to be interesting to see what lessons he's learned now that he's had a t- chance to sort of go away regroup, you know, analyze things, and now brings the offense back as a full-time offensive mind, not a head coach who has to deal with 57 other things during the week as well. So it's not a hiring I'm in love with, but I think there's definitely a chance that he's improved um, from his previous shot at it. You did point out, and I've talked about this a little bit this week, is that, you know, after sort of figuring out the NFL to a certain degree – you know, he was not in 10 personnel, you know, one back, zero tight ends. A lot of the right. air raid, uh, uh, as you know, a lot of the air raid, you know, from from Mike Leach was essentially we're not really interested in any tight ends. But Zach Ertz had a really good season for him the year that he uh, that they won 11 games. They had two backs that year combined for 1,300-plus yards that year in Connor and Edmonds. It wasn't just all Kyler Murray running the football. So does that give you any level of confidence or um, optimism that he can adapt? Yeah, I think it does. Look, he's shown the ability to change. The fact that he was able to go to see very quickly – that the pure version of that offense was not going to work in the NFL and he needed to make changes was encouraging. And he did change things year to year as well. It wasn't the same system every single season. He made slight adaptations um, every offseason. It's just that I don't think he changed some of the more fundamental things that maybe needed to change. But, you know, Washington has good personnel in terms of skill position players. I think he can definitely come in and create an offense that is, is pretty good. The question is, you know, can he create this great, offense that that you would want to see or that Kyle Shanahan was able to create you know when Dan Quinn had him in Atlanta Sam Monson joining us from Pro Football Focus Uh, you can follow Sam on Twitter uh, at PFF underscore Sam Uh, Sam's great uh, as a radio guest he's you know part of the entrepreneurial effort that really got Pro Football Focus launched and 
you know, has become a significant part of the conversation today uh, with all teams and all NFL fans. So, um, quarterback, uh, let me just start with this. Give me your order. Uh, regardless of team, give me your order. Um, in terms of college quarterbacks, uh, draft. yeah, I mean, I think, I think Caleb Williams is the clear number one guy. I'm not ready yet to, to decide between Jaden Daniels, Drake May um, for the next two. I think those are probably the next two. Uh, um, I'm a little bit. The more I watch of Drake May, the more concerns I find. Um, and I think it's sort of it's widening the gap between Caleb Williams and the second guy, whoever it is. I haven't seen enough yet of Jaden Daniels to figure out where he, he slots in that pecking order. But I think that's the way it's sort of uh, panning out for me is that, that Williams is looking like the clear number one guy, and then it's a case of which one of these potentially flawed, potentially sort of uh, warts and all type prospects do you prefer with that number two spot? Give me a guess. Uh, obviously, demand will drive this, you know, but give me a guess as to what it would take if Chicago were interested in Washington to trade up one spot to select Caleb Williams. Yeah, it's a fascinating question. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I think it depends how keen they are on making that move, Chicago, that is. Um, they have that decision, right? The, the Justin Fields decision, and whether they really believe in him as the, as the guy or whether they want to go in a different direction. And it's going to depend on their evaluation of Fields. It's going to depend on their evaluation of Caleb Williams. And then on their evaluation of the two guys that we just talked about, um, Drake May and, and Jaden Daniels. So, you know, it's, it's going to be significant. You know, you're not going to, it's the, the most valuable pick in the draft. You're not going to move off that spot for uh, nothing or, or without getting a serious haul back in exchange. Um, but I think it all depends on what they view there of at least three different quarterbacks, including the one they already have in the building. Yeah, right. I mean, if they are interested, it also, you know, it, it'll matter. Is New England interested? Is Washington yeah. interested? Is, you know, is a, a New York Giant team at six interested? Who knows? Um, so you mentioned Drake May, and you've watched more of Drake May than you have Jaden Daniels. Why are you getting further away from thinking Drake May may be – you didn't say this, I'm just – I'm, I'm gathering that you don't think Drake May's a number two overall pick in a draft. Not necessarily that. I just think he's more, um, he's further away from being immediately ready to be very, very good in the NFL than I thought he was initially. The more you watch, the more you see some inconsistencies, some inaccuracies, um, some general flaws in his play. And he has all the tools, you know, the size, the arm, the accuracy, sometimes um, he's way more athletic than I think some people give him credit for. He's got everything. It's just he doesn't show it all the time. And, you know, he had some games where he wasn't able to get it going against teams that he really should have been able to. You know, and if you can't do that in the college level, it's a big step up to expect you to do it at the NFL level. So I just think he's, he's becoming viewed now in my eyes as more of a um, as more of a toolsy ball of clay type of prospect, which is fine because those guys work out it's, it doesn't mean he can't be great it's just you're not getting the finished article right away uh the way i think some people bill him as and you don't have a strong opinion one way or the other on Jaden daniels at this point no not yet i mean, i think he's an intriguing prospect um but i haven't watched enough of him yet to figure out whether i prefer him over that potential and that upside of drake may all right last one on this I, I'm assuming 
Well, I shouldn't assume anything. You do, do you think Washington should be taking a quarterback at number two? Yeah, I think so. I don't, yeah. I don't think you can afford to go into the season without doing that. I don't think you can afford to wait until the second round, most likely. I think you're in a prime position unless you get an absolutely crazy trade offer. I think you probably have to sit there, too, and, and draft the quarterback or do what you said and, and make that jump up to one and grab Caleb Williams. All right, we're talking to Sam Monson from PFF. Uh, in your mind right now, not based on winning, because I kind of t- I tend to describe Brady as the greatest winner of all time, and then we can talk about who, as football fans, we've watched over the years is the greatest we've ever seen. Are you ready to jump to Patrick Mahomes being the greatest you've ever watched? Um, it's very difficult because so Brady. Brady had greatness. It shows how difficult it is to sort of quantify what we're talking about with quarterback. Brady was great, but in a completely different way to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick sure. Mahomes does things that Tom Brady could never dream about doing on the NFL field, and yet it doesn't matter. They end up in the same place, which is ultimately they're going to make enough plays to beat you most of the time and in almost all the critical situations. So I think right now Patrick Mahomes is on a run of play, on a, on a stretch to start his career where he's playing as well as anybody has ever played the game at that position. Um, and the only thing really separating him from Brady is longevity and how, how, how long he's going to do it for. You know, and that's another element of this is, is how much you value that because there is value in it. You know, Tom, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were equals for a large stretch of their career, and then Brady just kept going and kept going and kept going. And there was another, what, seven years or something in his career to what we got from Peyton Manning when his body just stopped functioning and he had to hang them up. So there's value to that. You know, that's, that's a feat that almost nobody is going to be able to do. Tom Brady pushed the boundaries in terms of longevity and lasting, and he has to get some kind of credit and respect for that. But nobody's played the game at a better level than we're seeing from Mahomes over this last sort of five, six-year stretch. Who would be three for you? Um. It's, it's really tough. I, I think Peyton Manning's got a pretty good case to be the third best quarterback ever. I, I like that he got that second Super Bowl ring and sort of got validation in the eyes of a lot of people because he, he was so good. He deserved it. I mean, there's so many different ways where, you know, you dive into the data and you start seeing the, like, the optimal way of playing the game, you know, optimal curves and whether you should change how aggressive you are based off the score and, you know, the down and distance and all these kinds of things. And, all these analytics guys that kind of draw these perfect curves and you see where certain quarterbacks stack in it. You can find guys that are unusually conservative and they don't, don't adjust enough. Peyton Manning was the guy that just intuitively was always in the right place on that graph. Like his, his mind just understood the game better than anybody else has ever played. And I don't think he even knew that he was doing that. He just did it. And he was this sort of natural, perfect mathematical curve on all those kinds of things. All right. Uh, tell me what you think, what PFF thinks of Brock Purdy as a quarterback. Um, I think we believe there's nuance to the question. Um, you know, Brock Purdy is either the next Tom Brady, the next Joe Montana, or he's, he's a fraud. He's a guy propped up by Kyle Shanahan. And the truth is somewhere in the middle. You know, he's a good yeah. quarterback. And he's probably the best quarterback outside of Matt Ryan to ever play in that system. Um, there's a, there's a definitely a difference between him and Jimmy Garoppolo, even within the same offense. And um, I think why that is the case is Brock Purdy's biggest strength is the late-in-the-down improvisational stuff 
and it's exactly the point where um, where Kyle Shanahan's offense runs out of answers. You know, he's incredibly good at dialing up somewhere to go with the football at all times. Number one, number two is going to be open. There will be open receivers everywhere. But right at the point, it runs out, and there's no receiver. There's no play to be made. Um, that's when Brock Purdy does his best work and finds somewhere to go with the ball. So I think the sum of those two together, in addition to all those great receiving options and, and all that, is better than each individual part on its own. If you could pick one coach for the next five years in the league, who would you pick? I mean, I think the two that are in the Super Bowl right now are probably a right. two. Andy Reid, assuming he wants to hang around that long and he's not going to walk off into the sunset after one of these. And Kyle Shanahan. I mean, that guy, Shanahan, has shown an amazing ability to adapt and evolve his offense. It's not the same system as it was in Atlanta. It's, it's consistently evolved and developed. So as long as he's able to keep doing that and stay a step ahead of everybody else, that's the guy I want coaching. Who do you like Sunday and why? I think the Chiefs um, end up getting this done. I'm amazed that the line favors 49ers. <laughs> and I'm amazed that it hasn't changed. I've gone back to Kansas City. I've been here at Radio Row all week. I haven't heard a single person say the 49ers are going to win this game. Now, mm. that in itself scares me. Of course. <laughs> that level of consensus, it almost yeah. always comes back to bite you in the ass. But yeah. I, I can't see how the Chiefs are not favored based off what we've seen of playoff Patrick Mahomes. The man does not make mistakes in the postseason. Such a great point. Uh, he just doesn't make mistakes in these games. It's amazing. Um yeah, I mean, I, I on some level, like if we take the quarterbacks out of it, like San Francisco's defense has caved here over the last two games, and Kansas City's has been incredibly dominant. It has, yeah. I mean, there are concerns, I think, with some of the games we've seen from the 49ers. Now, the flip side of that is um, they won two games that they don't have any track record of winning before. And I think right. that's important for them psychologically. You know, they now know that if they get in a hole, that if they go down 10 points, they can come back. They can do it. They've done it now. They had never done that before in these sort of critical games. So I think the last two games, in a funny way, are important for them psychologically because they did get the win. Um, you can gloss over or at least address the reasons that they went behind the first place without sort of damaging that. But the fact that it happened is a concern, and Kansas City is absolutely capable of taking advantage of that. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so you like Kansas City. You got a final score prediction. Have you been doing that on Radio Row? I haven't been doing the score. I think it'll be high scoring, though. Um, I think both offenses will have some success. As long as Brock Purdy doesn't melt down, I don't think there's a reason he should. I think the 49ers uh, skill position players are too good to be shut down, even by a really good defense and a, and a really good coach and Chiefs Tagnolo. So I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Um, I think it'll go over the, the, the over-under. Um, I haven't got an exact score in mind, but I, something around and above 30 for either team. I've been to Vegas many times, Super Bowl weekend, and it's been insane. Uh, I'm not out there this weekend when the Super Bowl's actually there. How insane has it been? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of quiet enough the first few days. Yesterday, Thursday, with NFL honors and that kind of thing, there was just an explosion of population in this yeah. place. Like, people everywhere. Um, and I assume it's only going to keep ramping up for the next couple of days as people actually come in for the game. But, yeah, it is, it is pretty crazy. I always appreciate you doing this. Thanks so much. Hope you're well. Anytime. Take it easy.
Yep, Sam Monson, everybody. Uh, we'll save some of that Hall of Fame uh, discussion for a little bit later in the show or maybe even next week. Uh, ben Standing next, Kevin Sheehan Show. The Team 980, theteam980.com. We are also free and live on the Odyssey app. And just want to mention that our big game coverage on the Team 980 is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 